0: The views and opinions expressed by guests on Connected do not necessarily reflect those of Side Street Studio Arts. Welcome to another episode of Connected, the podcast from Side Street Studio Arts where we have conversations with members of the arts community. I'm Yvette and joining me this week is Adrian Messino. In today's episode we discuss like pretty much everything (laughs) Uh, from our experiences with COVID to our fears of the internet to Britney Spears meltdown of 07 which we both agree was a really powerful move on her part. During the recording of this episode we have several technical difficulties um but that just comes with living during a pandemic you know it just cannot be helped um but it kind of leads us into this conversation about technology and um the internet and how adrian plans on using social media to create a lifelong project um so he talks about that and how he plans to achieve it so without further ado let's get right into it hi how are you
1: i'm doing well how are you
0: good good how is uh how's covid treating you
1: uh it treated me very badly two times so oh, that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. sorry
0: uh,
2: Sorry. no that it's, it's
1: no it's good that we should talk about it
0: mm-hmm. if we if
1: we i mean what else is there to talk about right in the uh, grand scheme of the world i
0: yeah before we get too into it can you uh Tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your artwork, and what are you doing right
1: now? A quick overview of who I am. My name is Adrian Messino. I am an artist and illustrator living in Elgin, Illinois. I primarily paint in watercolor, so uh, any media, that's water media, watercolor, and gouache generally. Illustration is really uh, what I'm pursuing, so I'm in school right now for illustration at the Rocky Mountain College of Art and Design in Lakeview. I wish we had a mascot. I would shout them out, but <laughs> it's not very—it's not a very exciting school. It's very uh lib art, so it's generally just uh its online school. I'm sure yes. everyone. Uh, it was weird before telling people I was an online school because you get this kind of like look where you're like, "Oh, online school, got it." No, but now everyone is online school, so right. the, living, the playing fields are leveled. And I'm just like, I did it before it was cool, so <laughs> which yeah. I never envisioned myself going to. Online school ever, but it's a great alternative for what I would say people with a very uh, chaotic lifestyle. Mm
2: -hmm. Do online
1: school, don't pressure yourself to go into actual college. It's, you know, and I was thinking about it the other day. It's like, well, we already do so much learning online with YouTube tutorials and and all these other platforms. It's like, yeah, school is going to be online. It, it, It just the only way that we can it is the only way that capitalism can keep profiting off of the education system. That is <laughs> yep. all I'm going to say. Yep. Yep. It is the only way because the people that control the internet and control these platforms, they're not doing it for public education. Of course not. Of course Google is, you know, whatever.
0: I, I saw this really sad meme the other day that like,
1: the- <laughs> <laughs> that's way, that's that's a novel concept to sad meme anyway go on yeah I
0: saw, I saw a meme the other day talking about like how the new generation has lost snow days because everything's gonna be zoom now like oh can't go to school don't worry about it zoom school no
1: do, you know what's gonna be worse is cyber attack days don't get me started don't get me started when people start <laughs> doing cyber attacks on the education system and then you just can't go to school unfortunately these are going to be time during the summer when it's nice out mm. uh, so they'll be able to enjoy their day uh yep are you are you scared of we'll get into that later uh, anyway uh <laughs> I was gonna say, are you scared of the internet but i want to think about that question a bit more i want to phrase it once we're almost done with our conversation right um yeah
0: so um what what have you been working on what do you do what are you doing these days
1: Currently, um, most of my art is is for school. So I am trying not to force myself, I guess, to make more art than I need to right now. Um, I'm I'm definitely looking at school as this. Uh, I've changed my mind about what the purpose of school for me is personally. And I think that's become a very powerful tool to keep me going when I have had COVID literally in two different semesters in the same year um at, at both times I was like I I could just drop out and revisit this once I feel healthy or or better or more motivated And I'm like well that's never gonna happen because I I've never felt healthy or motivated in my <laughs> entire life <laughs> so, um, you've been living yeah. in
0: 2020 your whole life basically <laughs> no,
1: yeah no it's it's no I I've been living in 2020 since 2016 in the last good year um for a lot of reasons.
2: <laughs> oh, for
1: various reasons, 2016 was the last and my the best year I think of my life because it was, I graduated high school in 2015, mm-hmm. directionless, absolutely directionless. The first summer that I had a job and income that was my own. And so that was a very powerful feeling. And I had a car and my best friend hadn't gone off to college yet. So we were we were kind of taking uh, the first steps into being reckless young adults. And I think that was 2016 for me. So if, if uh, there was this thing, me and my, one of my coworkers was my exact same age and had almost the exact same experience as I did. And so we were talking about this and we were like, well, if you had a great 2016, you're immune to COVID, which was... Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> So I have a kind of this long going series called the book of flowers. And, and there's a number of collections within those. And you can check those out on my portfolio website, com. Uh, no, yeah. <laughs> plug it in. <laughs>
0: plug,
1: plug, plug. Yep. Everything is plugged. Um, I learned that from the last episode where he like plugged the social media. I was like, I have to.
0: Yes. Part yeah. about this. I going to yeah. tag you on Instagram and on everything that we post.
1: Yes. Uh, One thing I've kind of wanted to focus on right now is um, just kind of grinding out studies and grinding out just like sketches and practice and and recording the process of practice and and really summing that up in a way that is tangible. Mm -hmm. Because I feel that that is the only way that I can justify the time that I spend on my art is if I can record everything and be like, here is how much I've grown from here to here. And these are the things that I focus on to help myself improve. So, which is also exactly how I'm viewing school back to that. It's just like, it is just recording my improvement and it is a $32,000 course, right? Yeah. Of recording my own experience. But uh, yeah, yeah, tell me about it. Eventually it'll be $32,000. Hopefully I'll, I'll be able to start paying for my own college and I'm banking on that very soon, you know. I don't know what could happen with those student loans. They could just be uh, forgiven, which is a weird. That is a weird term for student loans, as if we have done something bad. Yeah,
0: did we do it something to deserve
1: like... forgiveness? How dare you!
0: <laughs> you
1: told <laughs> and, me to take you know, these loans out. <laughs> yes, it's exactly.
0: And I did. I did what you told me. I know. You yeah.
1: told me to go to my community college. You bastard
0: no it's really interesting that you're talking about your process because when i was in college i had a professor who was so adamant that we document everything and i was super bad Mm -hmm. at it like i never like kept notes like or my notes were just scattered everywhere i had a friend who like had a website full of her like documentation she created a blog and she would just post everything and i'm like okay i can see why that's a big deal i don't know if um You've seen our website yet, but we're doing this sketchbook uh, show. Mm. I forgot the date, <laughs> but uh, we're going to be doing that this year. And that's kind of like my whole thing. It's like we sometimes the process of art can become art itself.
1: Absolutely. And, and it's great that me and you are having a conversation about this because my personal favorite way of recording my uh, growth and process is through sketchbooking. And you are a sketchbook maker, which is very important because I do, I, I think you really, really have to find the material as well that helps you improve because you can't just, sometimes for some people, you can't really just go into like a an art store,
2: mm-hmm.
1: a craft store or whatever, and pick out just like one of those like generic sketchbooks, like, oh, 365 prompts or whatever. And and the paper is really bad and shitty and it Mm -hmm. fills apart when you try to use anything besides the pencil, invest, I guess, also in the process of improvement. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh,
1: And and that's, I think a big mistake that, or not a mistake. It's not a mistake to do this. It is a learning experience and it's, it's good for young artists to remember that like your, your practice is also something that you should take very seriously because uh, I don't know where I was going with that. That no, was t- yeah. I don't. I don't think that thought needs to be completed. Just, just don't yeah. feel guilty no, for wasting. Totally it. Yeah. 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 yeah, good.
0: I think the the sketchbooks that I that I make, I I work with mixed media paper specifically yeah. because I don't know who's going to get it. But I think you're the only one who's given me like watercolor paper. Like, make me a sketchbook out of this, and like, yeah. And think-
1: it's oh my gosh! Can I show you what I've been working on on it, just so yes, we please. can also plug your awesome sketchbooks oh, no. if I can find it. So there's like a thousand things. Okay, I'll, I know where it is. Hold on. This watercolor paper, which I didn't let you know, but this is the industry standard
2: mm-hmm.
1: watercolor paper for botanical watercolor illustration. Oh. So this this paper, it's the um, I'll I'll look it up eventually. I don't know the name off the top of my head, but I remember looking it up and I was like, all of these watercolor artists are are talking about this paper. I should use that for my practice, mm-hmm. and through this I can learn what I like about this paper and the qualities that I don't like about this paper, and then that will move me towards paper that I like or m- maybe the watercolor isn't right for this paper and it really is this process of scientifically exploring all these different like materials and the combinations of it obviously sometimes you know money plays a huge factor in this but uh, event sketchbooks are very affordable
0: okay when i first first started i was like oh chipboard is expensive i'm gonna use cardboard and see how that works and it was awful so no yeah definitely (laughs) have like the nice sturdy chipboard now that is like five dollars a
1: piece And it's worth it. And the colors on this paper show up so vibrantly. And I've been doing mad like swatches on it. I did this, which this is where I I did this practice, which I did in our life painting Mm -hmm. this summer. So a lot of the ideas are recorded and then I perfect them like in person or or, I mean, when I get down to doing a serious. This is something I did this summer. Over the summer, I went to a park. I think it was the first time I had left my house. The first time I had COVID, I did like a month long quarantine, Mm -hmm. because it took me 18 days to get my test results, the 14 days to actually be quarantined, and then another 18 days waiting for my negative test results.
2: Oh my gosh. So that was
1: horrifying. And I felt guilty. I felt uh, angry and cynical. And all of that was just perpetuated by looking up things on the internet that just confirmed the bias I already had. The worst thing I could recommend if you have COVID is to go on Reddit. It is awful. It is a cesspool of just people being awful and cynical and negative. And, and I believe there is this one person who is like, "Uh, you don't know how bad I, I I want to go to a Walmart right now and and touch everything and interact with everyone I see and they had they were like currently in that moment had covid and i was like if it is taking all of your energy right now to not leave your house and endanger other people's lives like i don't i i wouldn't even know where to begin like dissecting that thought process you must be in a very dark place
0: yeah it is uh, like even if i have like a day where i don't have to leave my house i get really an- like anxious and like antsy and like yeah. i need to leave for like two hours and then come back and feel better but yeah I I'm lucky enough like knock on wood that I haven't gotten COVID yet and I try to be as safe as possible but like you were like wearing your mask and keeping social distance and like you just don't know you can be as safe as possible
1: yeah so there's also this feeling of like people on the internet also assume I made also the mistake of posting like hey like anonymous you know as an anonymous person like I have covid i'm very scared because i was very scared and i still am very scared because a lot of things are unknown about covid so i have this this guilt that i might still have it Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and it might still be in me and that it might never go away and i could be infecting everyone around me that's a very dark feeling yeah but the only people who perpetuate that feeling are people that are in a also a very bad place. And it's it's not okay for me to continue to 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 run that thought in my head because they don't know that either. For so, all I know, like my body has already completely like processed this. And I'm feeling a lot healthier now. Like, in fact, I feel better than I have in a very long time, even before I had COVID. So in a very interesting way, I I just feel like we we will we will find the what we're already looking for on the internet, or it will come to us just because of the way the internet is structured right now, in the algorithms and all those things to yep. show you your worst fear and confirm it for you. Yeah, um,
0: that's a, like yeah. communities form on a... the internet. Like you just perpetuate this
1: yeah cults. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Perpetuate this feeling that just <laughs> kind of
1: into a tornado. And, and, and what, another weird thing is that it creates its own, just moving away from COVID now, mm-hmm. just into generally the internet, it becomes its own language to a certain extent. And, and people on the internet, like, break down language and, and create their own, like, subculture language. It's very interesting to, I, I would recommend, there's a lot of videos I would recommend about these kind of, like, Communities and they build this hierarchy, it's so strange. It's just the way that everyone um, just
0: kind of naturally wants yeah. that hierarchy order, even in places where it wasn't, or, or
1: just backwards. to, ex- yeah, just to explore these dynamics. And uh, I've been thinking a lot about this fan fiction I had in high school with one of my friends. Um, we wrote Are you familiar with Death Note by nature Yes,
2: yeah,
1: the anime Death Note. Yes, okay, mm-hmm. I, I will say much about the actual series everyone should go watch the original death note yes, or read me. the original death note so we had this fan fiction this story isn't about fan fiction this is a story about the idea of fan fiction how it helps you kind of just explore dynamics
2: mm-hmm.
1: between yourself and oftentimes like i am not going to be a writer when i grew up i'm and in fact pretty i think i'm pretty poor with words so i think it's interesting that that really helped me kind of like me and this friend who didn't have too much in common, to be completely honest, developed a very strong bond through the dynamic in this media. And I think that's how sometimes these internet communities can feel very real to people. It's because, well, the dynamics are real. Yeah. These are very real situations, and it causes real stress and and real emotional responses when, you know, something goes wrong or something goes very right.
0: Yeah. It's like someone is out there validating your thoughts and feelings by also feeling those thoughts and feelings.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, and we take their word for it. Mm -hmm. We're just like, yeah, no, I believe you. And we suspend our disbelief and, and that is even a powerful thing in itself. It's just, what if it is real? What if these things are actually real and have real world consequences? Uh, that suggestion, I think, is very powerful. And I think that's what a lot of people miss when they're interacting with art, is that uh, oftentimes a lot of art is just made for the aesthetic beauty of it, right? It is just something that is made that is beautiful. Great. That's fine. We don't have to go any further than that. Um, but I think if you really want to engage in art that you wouldn't normally engage in, you should really look into the context of the artist, where that art was made, how that art was made, their practice. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, I guess that's my rant about, uh, media or, or engaging with, with art. Mm -hmm.
0: I think there's often like a lot of layers to unpack and like something as simple as like, you know, a simple painting. I I, I say simple painting, but like, obviously paintings can be so intricate, but like.
1: Just so a, a painting as we, know it in the collective conscious like because it just it is just a painting however you envision it right
0: right yeah like i'm thinking of a lot of like people who criticize like paintings that have like a giant canvas and like one dot in the middle like okay okay it's one dot but like what is like the story behind it what is the intention behind it maybe the intention of this dot is to make you question the art and to question your feelings about this art like you know like i could do that yes like, well why don't you do it what is the difference between yes why why can't yeah. you yeah
1: yeah and uh i i mean i've gone to museums with friends where yeah. they're like pretending to uh know more about the art than they really do or they assume a lot about the art as if all art has to have meaning yeah. when oftentimes a lot of art that's made has no meaning <laughs> and 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 it's just meant to be uh, observed as something that is aesthetic. So it's mm-hmm. important to research intent and research what the artist was trying to say when engaging with art. And yeah. if you don't, you could very easily be consuming the art wrong. And I think that is a very real thing that, that happens you are not consuming the art in the way it was supposed to be. And therefore you're not getting the full effect of it. And Mm -hmm. that's probably like a, that would, that would, I think, make art more appreciated. You know, if people just did a little bit more research.
0: That like brings me to this story. I went to this, uh, I don't know. I don't, it wasn't a museum. It was just like a, a show somewhere. I'm not really sure, but it was like an artist had put a projection and then there was like a red carpet. You could and I thought, you know, obviously, because the red carpet is facing the projection that you're supposed to stand on the red carpet. So I go and stand on it. and I'm like, okay, observing the art. And then I just see a security guard coming towards me, ma'am, don't step on the red carpet. I'm like, I think this is what the artist wanted. <laughs> I mean, I'm not 100% sure, but obviously. What is it here
3: for?
0: <laughs> yeah. Like you nah. see a red carpet, there's, you feel like you need to step on it. There's nothing to stop you. Then why shouldn't you step on it? <laughs> Maybe that's the way that art was supposed to be consumed, but I could be wrong, you know.
1: I've actually been, I had a really great experience the last time I went to the Art Institute, where one of the security guards was just so incredibly knowledgeable about this piece of art that she was standing by. She instructed us on how to observe the art and, and where to stand to get the best angle and the artist was intending.
0: Was it one of those perspective paintings where it looks different from a different angle?
1: No, it was the artist was playing with reflective and non-reflective qualities of the paint. Okay. So sometimes when the light shined on the reflective part, you would see an image that you wouldn't when you're on a different side of the painting. So just like to get the best experience, you move from Mm -hmm. stand here and then you move here and then you will get the artist's intention. I, I hadn't even considered that that could be a, a part of the viewing experience of art. Yeah. That was great. I highly recommend it.
0: Yeah. I was at a, a have museum. a good
1: experience with art. <laughs>
0: that, have an emotional experience with artwork. Highly recommended.
1: <laughs> it's super easy. Just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, duh. <laughs> yeah
0: I was at a, I was at a museum too. And it, the security guard did, a similar thing where they're like, Oh, it's walk this way and look at it from like look at it as you're walking from one side to the other side and as you're walking you can see that like the the table like shifts position. Like the way that it's painted, it looks like it's sticking out one way and then on the other side it's sticking out a different way.
1: I love interactive art, man. Mm-hmm. It's it's incredible. Especially in the context of the museum because, you know, most people assume when they walk into the museum it's just like the painting is on the wall and you have to stand in like one spot to see it. But I love when it encur- the art encourages you to move around it and stand further away from it and then very, very close, as mm-hmm. close as you possibly can to, you know, this incredible painting. Um, I would like, uh, hopefully, you know, when, when the museums open up again, I think I want to like kind of go back in and try to blank out my mind about every single artwork I've seen and then just be like, okay, let me think about how the artist would want me to enjoy this or where this artwork should be enjoyed or
0: mm-hmm.
1: what mindset I should be in to enjoy this artwork. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think active, I don't know, active watching, active looking <laughs> is very important with art because yeah. active experiencing.
1: There, there has to be a word for that. Yeah, yeah. Active experiencing, I think, would be a good term for it because it's not just, I mean, oftentimes... It is just visual, but have you ever been to, like, I haven't, I've never been to, like, Wander Museum in Chicago, but I always see people, like, taking pictures, like, great free publicity for them, like, more people should do (laughs) interactive environment art.
0: Selfie heaven. (laughs) Yeah, I went there. um,
1: Selfie heaven, yeah.
0: Yeah, I went there last year, right before COVID, and there's, like, obviously, there's, like, some installations that have more meaning than other installations, but, some that are just for pictures but even then that's like that's its purpose that's why it's there
1: and it, again yeah, it did it successfully because people flood instagram like and it feels like it's like in these waves where like all you like it'll go dormant for a bit and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you'll see like your timeline just full of like at wonder museum like <laughs> in the infinity room hey what's up you know right it's me yeah. in the mirror and like a stranger like looking into the reflection <laughs> they didn't give you permission for that the, how do yeah. you feel about um like uh, uh, photographing artwork at museums like are you for again like I, do you think that discourages people going into museums
0: I, I do or galleries yeah I, I take a lot
1: of pictures <laughs> okay you take a lot of pictures mm-hmm. in, in galleries yeah I do too I don't post them though
0: yeah I, do you post I, I,
1: your pictures online?
0: Not really, unless it's, like, me or I go with someone and, like, we take a selfie or, like, oh, like, I went to the Andy Warhol one and I took a picture next to yeah. it. I'm like, Yay, look at me. I don't think I posted it, but I think I intended to post it.
1: Okay. Can you hear me better now?
0: Oh, yeah. Way better. Yeah. yeah. Much better? Yes.
1: Okay. Now I can't hear you, which is concerning. Oh, no. <laughs> I think th- I don't know why my computer is like tying it in. This is great. I, I actually um, was thinking of doing this like video piece very similar to this mm-hmm. where it's just chaos on the <laughs> on a computer screen and there's all these awful things open and, and it's overwhelming and-, and satirical. But
0: oh, sorry, I accidentally muted you.
1: OK, no, you are okay. good. There we go better awesome yes sweet. sweet okay this is great we're making progress we're progress. learning yeah and it's I think it'll take a lifetime for this to get better but that's fine
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, when do you think we're gonna fix it
0: I don't know I uh, from what I understand uh, I think like a certain percent of the population needs to take that va- the vaccine in order for people to like go back to normal but uh, of course we have all those like anti-vax people.
1: Ooh. Yeah, is, isn't that, like, poorly <laughs> – I feel like that was very poorly timed in, like, our history for that to become a movement. Yeah. And then also for us to, like, be in this global pandemic where it completely contradicts their their world is, like
0: – Yeah, like, this is what the world is without one vaccine Imagine without all the vaccines.
1: It, it's, it's so concerning. And if people treated every illness – like, okay, so what was really weird, I used to work in a call center – It was just common knowledge that, like, when you work in a call center, you know, oh, you're going to get the cold. If someone has a cold, you're going to get the cold. Like, Mm -hmm. if we treated every disease like we treated COVID, there would be just less people sick generally.
2: Yeah. Like,
1: if companies gave us the opportunity to just stay home for work when we have even the slightest cold or slightest fever or runny nose or whatever, less people would get sick and you would lose less money.
0: Yeah. And not to mention all the things that like we're doing now to like stay clean that we should have been doing. Like, why do we have to tell people to wash their hands? Why haven't they been washing their hands? Why don't we sanitize everything after we use it? Like
1: only the people who are like really annoyed about these things that like bring it up that are like, Mm -hmm. Oh, like why do I have to do this and this? Like, That means you weren't doing it before. Like, this is a chore for you. Like, you've exposed yourself, yeah.
0: (laughs) You're nasty.
1: You're (laughs) nasty.
0: Yeah. I like the anonymity. It gives me acne. But other than that, I like the the fact that, like, there's always, like, that whole thing when you walk by a stranger and you catch their eye. You have to, like, give them a smile and act, like, (laughs) non-threatening in a way. Like, yeah. For
1: sure. The way that dogs, like, wag their tail. Like, we have that response normally I do that yeah. too I like whenever I see someone I like now I've, I've learned to kind of nod my head mm-hmm. like I've trained myself to do that in a weird way because I don't have a tail to wag uh, <laughs> not yet <laughs> I'll eventually learn to start moving my ears independently it'll be great
0: <laughs> yeah I just feel like yeah now I'm kind of like I don't have to do that now I'm like if I see someone I can just like yeah. ignore them and it's okay it's not like frowned upon
1: yeah. And I think I've always been a very like nonverbal communicator too. So this isn't even a huge lifestyle change because I've always talked with people that talk with their hands are thriving right now. I'm telling you. It's a generation <laughs> of nonverbal communication. People yep. are gonna learn how to condense just like we condense language into, you know, bigger and bigger words. Eventually we're just gonna start making gestures that mean such big things, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean there I mean sign language is is a thing. It's kind of rude that we don't know sign language, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. No, for sure. And I, I've always been inter I mean, I'm definitely not like a language mind person. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have that capacity. I know Spanish and English. And and barely uh, both of them sometimes. Some days it goes so people that know like sign language and and can just pick up languages, mm-hmm. those are advanced human beings. I truly believe that language is like the biggest barrier for me.
0: Right. My mom actually was like, kind of deaf, like when I was a little kid. So there's a lot of like hand motions and like gestures that she would make that like only we would understand.
1: And yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah. Do you know if there are because I don't know anything about like the official like sign language, like the the learning process of it or or what it takes to become certified in sign? Because there is an American sign language, Mm -hmm. which implies that there are other languages around the world in sign language as well
0: yes i'm sure yeah. there are
1: that's very interesting to me i, I i'm so fascinated with that yeah. like concept of like well we know one sign language
0: <laughs> and then there's like people who like say that you can sign with an accent
1: you're kidding yeah like, colloquialism to yep. sign language mm-hmm. that is so or a dialect sorry that is Amazing. Language is so interesting. Yeah. Computers have a language too, which is interesting. Yeah. And, and though, and even in that, there are several different languages for computers, which I also don't know about computer, you know, science or all of that. But I just think it's very interesting how like, there's a a secret communication, like between people, you know, like different groups we just create our own languages. and, And it's very interesting.
0: Yeah. And and, like a different way, I thought you were kind of talking about coding and how like everything's just a bunch of ones and zeros.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And like and even in in terminal command, like type of stuff, like the most I I did like a very, very basic um, Skillshare, like coding class. And I dropped out of it. I was like, this is over my head right now. Like I can't think of it. It was very interesting because a lot of like the more advanced programs for coding are very user friendly where you can enter like full words. So it's not ones and zeros it's like actual like I I wouldn't even describe it kind of like a
0: like CSS I I played around with uh, Arduino and processing and it's very like semicolon if left blinks then yeah exactly exactly
1: I think that's the one I I was learning CSS where you can like I don't know give it commands like you would to I would (laughs) give commands to a person of how we would normally think of (laughs) Yeah, normally think of a process and how to do it. It's like, mm-hmm. turn this square black, turn this square blue, turn this whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And then that creates a, a gigantic image. And and another thing about language I wanted to say is like, um, I love how like when we got on the internet, you know, the first people to get on the internet and I was talking earlier about like those subculture languages that they have online, how memes are very much like another form of language and how those have been very, very prevalent very recently, mm-hmm. I think very strongly in, in communicating these really broad and, and complex topics and you condense them into an image with a little bit of text and we all know what it means. Right. Yeah. We all know where it came from and we all know what they're trying to say in such a short time and, and it's fast and it's instant. In our brains, we, we make those connections instantly. That's why art is very important right now because that is essentially what I I believe is the purpose of an artist or an illustrator in my sense, because I can gather all of this broad context and, and condense it very quickly into a single image for people to understand. But the problem is that other people may not have that background information. So it's only useful when we all have that collective information in our little you know, brains, and and maybe that's why art isn't appreciated as much, because, you know.
0: This reminds me of, like, the signs that you made for, um, for Elgin, for the heroes, and the, can't say exact, like, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was, like, celebrating, like, everyday heroes during a pandemic. Yeah, for sure. And it's something that is so easy, like, I think I, I have a sign somewhere, and I, I gave some to my friends, and it's just an easy thing that you can put in the, in the yard. It's an image with some text and everybody understands it you know you're supporting the daily heroes like postal workers and nurses and school teachers and stuff like that
1: yeah yeah actually my sister has been uh uh, very keen on whenever she sees one taking a picture of it and sending Mm -hmm. it to me she's like I found another one I was like I didn't know a lot of people had these because they didn't do a very big social media push Mm -hmm. and I was like well no one is going to get these signs like I don't know. I had this weird like fraud syndrome where I was like, "Well, at least I got paid for it." <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, there. I see them around town. Like, I see. I live over here on um, Past Summit, and there's like yeah. a few few signs like on my way home from Side Street, and then over on Highland, off of Highland, I have a my COVID designated friend who I hang out with, and she had. Well, I gave her a, a sign, but her neighbor has one too, and then some other people in that neighborhood have the signs as well so I've seen them around town I'm like ah, Adrian did those (laughs) shout
1: out yeah because I never when when those came out very shortly after I couldn't like that whole summer I was basically in my house all of July Mm -hmm. so I I didn't really have a chance to go out and explore and see if people got them um so I'm glad to see that they're popping up a little bit more and more like every day no that's very interesting
0: they were giving them out at the farmer's market and
1: they were okay maybe that's where they kind of like grew a bit more because I didn't know that yeah
0: in a way I mean it's not exactly a meme but it works in the same way that a meme works because it's very quick you're not going to stop and read it especially if you're driving but it it has a clear message and it's a message that everyone can understand
1: what I love about I guess the internet is that the concept like evolves and evolves and evolves and it takes a shorthand from other things that are related and, and then makes this like weird connection that normally wouldn't normally the mind wouldn't um, come up with to make this connection. You know, I, I wish I could think of an example, but um,
0: the one that i think thinking of is like the, yeah. the lady and the cat. Like, I feel like that has been like the long lasting meme. Like it,
1: it's so those what's great is that those are two separate memes. Mm hmm. Yeah, and and the, yeah, that, that's yeah, that's such a great point.
0: Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's yeah. just reoccurring; like it hasn't died down. And I feel like a lot of other memes are like, you know, they have their cycle and then they kind of like die out a little bit. But this this one has been, it, it just keeps on going, and there's so much more to be added to. Like, mm-hmm. and another one that uh, like I saw because I love memes. Who doesn't love memes? There was this yeah, one yeah, exactly that had like 217 like pictures on it. And it was like the the scene from uh, one of the Avengers movies where they, it's like five years after everyone disappears. And have you seen the movies? And then ant comes back.
1: I have not seen that movie now.
0: Oh, well, and there's a scene where like his buddy picks him up and he's driving and he's trying to catch him up on everything that's happened in the five years. And somebody changed it to the memes of what like has been happening in 2020. And so then, like, it starts with, like, January with, like, the forest fires and everything. And there's, like, 218 pictures of, like, oh, and then this happened. Oh, and then this happened. And then he's, like, but, like, they fixed that, right? Like, oh, no, no. And then this other thing happened. Like, (laughs) what more happened? He's, like, I'm only in January. And it just keeps going around. That's
1: so funny. That is so funny. I I think, um, yeah, memes are a very interesting form of communication. Unfortunately, corporations, they're starting to understand it and... And it'll eventually all be like me marketing, you know. Yep. That's very unfortunate. It's just, that's just something that's going to happen. I don't really have an opinion on it yeah. besides it's unfortunate.
0: Like um, the my vloggers ruin everything. Yeah, you get like those advertisements that are like vlog, like vloggers selling a product, and it's obviously an ad.
1: Oh, oh, do I have an interesting job posting that I saw about this exact? So it was a marketing agency. I can't. Say their name obviously because I don't want to get pursued for this, but um they essentially were hiring anyone to mass produce internet ads that do not look like ads. So it's it's very blatantly like subconscious like advertisement. It's like, oh look at me. I'm just like a regular guy. And I play this, I'm doing like what I, my impression of a TikToker is sorry. Um look at me. There's thing text here. Oh funny text here. Oh funny text here linked to game and bio and and it's it's so weird to me but also very interesting like i I just want to keep like dissecting it and like i go down these rabbit holes of like i guess just how companies are conditioning us through media to expect less of that or expect Mm -hmm. more or i don't even know at this point what they want besides buying and products you know
0: yeah Um, well i think a lot of people are like super angry with advertisements you know
1: especially now yeah because it's all we see now Mm -hmm. i mean instagram has turned into just like a platform for facebook to sell wish products which is (laughs) unfortunate because i used to really like instagram um and now it's just like if instagram is the market for trends like where you go to buy them and where like comedy lays dead uh tiktok is where that Trend is marketed to you uh and then you go on Instagram to buy or you know, whatever, Alibaba, or wish directly, but trends, trends as in like products that are in clothes that you can buy to be trendy, makeup that is trendy, jewelry that is trendy, toys. Oh, another intrusive ad that I saw, intrusive like emotionally for me, is um. You know those, like, videos of people, like, family game night. We, we made this game with, like, f- solo cups and, like, a game board. That is an ad.
2: I They're hate trying those. to get you to
1: buy it. Like, that's not fun. That yeah. is not fun. I hate my family. <laughs> <laughs> <You're
2: kidding. laughs>
1: I don't want to spend time with them. No, um, that, that's an ad. Another ad is I saw on Facebook this parent that had a, uh, a, a pack of Skittles. And mm-hmm. they were the the new, like, Halloween Skittles with gross flavors in them, like zombie brains or feet. And the child in the image also, like, had them in their mouth, and they were making a face. And it's like, pull, I'm going to pull a prank on on my kids this Halloween with these. And it's like, well, those aren't released yet. It's not Halloween yet. How do you have those? This is an ad. Like, yeah, this is are getting really trickier
0: an ad. and trickier
1: and and it's good for i i mean i'm all for people having social media i've had i recently like deleted my facebook just because i think it's the worst of the worst what it does do good i also think it's outweighed by what the negative impacts it has on the world ie privacy loss whatever mm-hmm. or loss of our information and making all that public and profitable I think people should encourage is talking about these ads and, and, and breaking them down and seeing how they're being used against us or or for the profit of other people and also how we can take advantage of this system and use it to promote things that are good, like going to art shows when they're mm-hmm. back open or supporting local, or supporting local businesses especially because um, internet money isn't going to all the money that you're spending. It's not going to your community. It's not going to these schools. It's not going to the outreach programs that are provided. It's going into an internet bank. And that bank is somewhere that is unknown, you know?
0: Right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I agree with everything you just said. It's good. just, uh, yeah, good, good. Or else the, I'm this, out of this interview. This was interview. an
1: ad, yeah. This was an, <laughs> this ad, was an ad, ad for internet money.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Which it, is also my rapper name, internet money. Yeah.
0: Internet money. <laughs> Get yeah, a on and
1: your it. neck. <laughs> oh, God. I can't even imagine that.
0: No, I was just going to say, it just feels that, like, I don't know if this is true or not, but I I saw something somewhere on the internet that said, like, one in, like, five... I'm making these numbers up, but, like, most of the um, sues, the lawsuits in court, and, like, the whatever paperwork there has to be, it mentions one type of social media in one way or another.
1: Disappointing. I don't know. And I, I don't know how we can fix... I mean, I was reading or watching, so this interview by artists rapper MIA who I'm like the biggest fan of this year this whole year has been this like um revisiting process of like watching everything to do with MIA every single little thing I can find on the internet because she's she really is like ahead of her time and like she released this album called Maya which was like her worst received album even by her fans but like when you look back at it the themes of it were this like the internet is changing hands. It used to be this really free open place where you can share opinions and, and find community. And somewhere along the way, it went from us having control of this internet to the people who make money off the internet also having that power. And in neither real life or in our internet life, are we really free to say what we want? And I was th- that I was like, that that's such an interesting idea. Like when When do you feel that the internet like changed hands, like when it was taken from us? If Um, you feel that, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but if you feel that the internet was taken from us,
0: I think when do you think that happened? A huge change in the way that they did the um, campaign and campaigning for the (laughs) two thousand eight election. That was like the first time that there was YouTube ads. For a president on the internet and then when Mm -hmm. you know once somebody saw oh yeah we can do politics on here we can make money i think that's where it kind of just blew up off of there sadly now everything on the internet it's like i want to say almost everything is about politics especially like these days you're like pushing people's buttons to like create that emotional response that you know before it wasn't so so active i guess in a way
1: No, though, that's such a great point. I'm still debating on when it was for me, but I like to know when when it was, like, what that breaking point was for other people. Um, when they're like, yeah, maybe this isn't the safest place to post pictures of my children, or maybe I, I shouldn't record every single moment of my life on social media, because that eventually will be not your property. It is going to yeah. be the property of these platforms and what will you do when your entire life that was recorded on the internet is no longer yours and that's what's scary to me about the internet are you scared of the internet
0: i have i feel like i have like a i want to say a healthy fear of the internet like i'll put tape over okay. my me webcam too. and stuff like that but i'm not i'm not ready to go into like like anarchy about the
1: internet what what i want to do is i i want to call it like a complete surrender because mm. I'm in the process of, like, kind of trying to remove the traces that I have left on the internet.
0: You're going and off the grid?
1: No, not at all. I want to 100% become the internet. Like I the internet horrible? Not not, no, not even like that. I want my entire, everything about me, I want to control it. Everything okay. that is said about me online, everything that happens and is shared, should go through me first. So that's that's why I'm in the process of like trying to remove the traces that I have right now because none of that is under my control. All of that was a product of what I was told I should post on the internet. So I posted all the images, you know, I did all the trash, blah, 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 But now I, I, you know, once you completely remove your past self from the internet, you have control over your narrative completely. And I think that's very powerful and more people should consider like, what they're posting online. I mean, that's not a new concept. Yeah. Like watch what you say online for sure. That is not on there forever in the same way that we thought it was. Like oftentimes those things get very, buried very deep and we can look back on them and and um the act of looking back on it really does uh ruin lives sometimes. <laughs> Especially yeah. like internet there right now we're going through this really great not great, I guess, but <laughs> very um very necessary step in the internet where we are realizing that things from your past that you say even if they were jokes they can be they can become very relevant and and you will be held accountable uh because everyone's eyes can be on it at once and and that you never really dies because it is on the internet
0: well, I guess my question is, how would that impact your artistic presence on the internet? Because I know you have a website and you have an Instagram. I feel like my social media self is very like clean cut, tailored. I have a Snapchat where I do all my shit posting. <laughs> but other than okay. that, everything is just kind of like what I want people to see. <laughs> so um, in a way, you do have some sort of control of like how you shape your life for other people to like view upon so I guess my question is like how does that connect with your presence that you do have on the internet right now
1: because I think this presence that I want to put on the internet is not going to be real at all it is going to be a, a complete a completely different person I don't think we should put our real selves on I mean yeah like when you're in, normal people when they're talking with their family and stuff yeah like fine but I on the internet I've always seen myself as more of an entertainer like I always want to make just like things that are weird and interesting and 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 that people want to look at even if it's good or bad like I don't know fully fully just explore all of the possibilities of like creating content as an art piece creating a character for myself that is not me Mm -hmm. and that is unhinged from our reality and can live a life that is completely fake Mm
0: -hmm. I totally believe that art that you can use technology to create it to use technology as art rather to instead of using technology to create art if that makes sense like if you make a website make that website a piece of art itself Um, but also I think the idea of having this internet persona is not necessarily a new idea because oh, no, no. if yeah. you look at like all of like the, I want to use Instagram, all of like the Instagram perfect lives out there, like half the time, it's like very different than their IRL.
1: <laughs> There's this really tragic story of, of someone I was, uh, uh, a content creator by the name of Tiffany Ferg did a video on this Instagram model who, like, dropped off the face of the internet and, like, revealed her real life. And she was like, oh, this is fake. Like, these, studio- these like, houses that I stayed at are rented. All mm-hmm. the clothes that I have is, like, I-, I bought it and then I had to return it because I don't actually have that money. I've been living a completely fake life. And I thought, that is powerful because imagine if someone did that intentionally for a good purpose.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: um, And that would be a good art piece. Like, and- tell a story entirely through the context of exploring social media you know build up an entire identity yeah
0: you your new identity in itself becomes a piece of art as well and this kind of makes me think of andy warhol and like i know a lot of other artists have done something similar but i think that andy warhol's persona that he put onto like the world is completely fake right and (laughs) and like we would never know who like that real person was like i know that he was like a you know a little bit weird and like uh unique but I feel like that yeah yeah, eccentric but I feel like that wasn't his like real like personality and I think that was just a character he was playing.
1: And isn't that like the ultimate privacy? Like Mm -hmm. you know everyone is so satisfied with the image they have of Andy Warhol in their head (laughs) that they never really pursue to know who he is. And maybe he doesn't want people to know who he is. Yeah like maybe you know, I specific, I don't want people prying into my actual life, especially like in what I've seen like on it. I've, and also I, I don't want to be famous, which is another thing I, I want to fame online, especially it seems very intrusive because there seems to be this like status quo right now. It's like If you want to be an internet personality, you are completely forfeiting your privacy, which I think is very wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think people who are making their living off of making content online deserve their own privacy and their own personal lives and don't have any obligation to to share the extent of that online, but we're conditioned to do that already. Yeah. And so we expect that of others to be truthful online.
0: And, yeah, it's like we're kind and, of in, like, we feel entitled to know everyone's like personal yeah. like, lives when it's and not, yeah, with celebrities too. It's like, we feel like it's our right to know everything that's going on with them.
1: Very. Yeah. And I honestly, like most of the time when I hear like something that someone did online or like something about the real thing, I don't really care. I just Mm want to watch their videos. I don't care about, I do not really even care about celebrities that much, to be honest, like have them live their lives. I want to see them make movies. I don't want to see them do these things like that are mundane and and normal. That's not why I'm interested in them. You know, Mm -hmm. we've gotten some great content out of it or some great internet controversy um
0: yeah and we can in
1: retrospect now you know
0: yeah and this kind of makes me think of like britney spears like breakdown from like oh seven it's like she she like that was such a power move on her part and people feel like they i feel like people just misunderstood the whole situation like you know she was like untouchable she was like supposed to look a certain way for her like brand and then she goes and just destroys it by like shaving her head like yeah, she like, in a way, her brand
1: completely, yeah. which she, is it, yeah, powerful, very powerful. Yeah, that itself, like, if it was done, I mean, in the context of like an uh, a performative artist, that is an incredible piece. Like, that mm-hmm. would have been an inc- and it is an incredible moment still. Like, I, I think about that image of her, uh, with the umbrella at, at, at attacking the like pop, attacking quote unquote, defending her privacy. That is such a powerful, like strong moment for her that makes me think of like a renaissance painting if someone mm-hmm. you know years from now someone is going to paint this on like the chapel of britney spears you know you
0: Spears. i love that
1: <laughs> a, a historical moment where she like was standing up for herself when yes
0: and i, her, I like,
1: so had strange. control of her own life yeah
0: and, you know, as a kid, I was like, oh, wow, she's crazy, crazy. But, like, the older I get, the more I understand her, like, breakdown. I was like, I feel it, girl. I want to shave my
1: yeah, head. I, exactly. I want to be in control. It's the desire yes. to be in control, which, which, I mean, probably also is why people are anti-maskers, too, or, mm-hmm. you know, anti-hand yeah. washers. I don't know at this point what they want. But they want the world to burn.
0: <laughs> it's very interesting, though, because, like, if you look at a lot of, like, movies, there's always, like, this, like, um, trope where, like, especially if it's a female character, they will, like, change their hair to, like, gain a new identity. Like, in their Have way, you ever
1: shaved and... your head or done a, a hair power move?
0: I, I like, got bangs <laughs> when I was in high school.
1: <laughs> Which is the, like... What would you call that? What what direction, I guess, were if if you so do you do this consciously as like, I'm going to change my hair because I, I this is a moment that I need to define with a haircut.
0: I think it was more of like I wanted the side swoop bangs. And I was like, my I have like a, a widow's peak. So it doesn't really go that well. So every time I went to the, the hairstylist, they're like, you can't have a bangs, you will never have bangs. And I was like, watch me. And I cut my own hair and it was yeah. a disaster, but.
1: <laughs> yeah, like you get to, I guess, I, yeah, no, I, I totally got that. I, mm-hmm. I've, I did the head shave as, a, when I graduated high school,
0: mm-hmm. I
1: did the head shave as an homage to Britney Spears. Really? And in, in this moment of like, this is where I take control of my real life. Mm-hmm. And my, my head shave online, symbolic head shave was deleting my Facebook. Like, now, I've been on Facebook since I was too young, I've been on Facebook for more than a decade now, Mm -hmm. which is more than a lot of people can say they've had a Facebook. And it probably wasn't good for me at all to have Facebook that young. I got it very early on, unfortunately. And I, I have just existed on that platform forever. So more than half of my life was recorded on Facebook, which is like really thinking about it, like causes me physical stress, like that, that all of that, was in a way not owned by me mm-hmm.
0: that's and kind that's of, kind of like anyone could go know. on there and just look at your first profile picture and
1: and you. and already make an assumption about who I am mm-hmm. very quickly and look back up my life and and kind of culminate this idea of who I was and all of that was uncurated it was just I I felt the need to post and post and post and and be present there because if I didn't I didn't feel the validation mm-hmm. but now I the more I think about it, I'm like, I can go back and very much curate and control what people think of me. And I I think that's where I'm finding my power.
0: And I I feel like I switched over on, like, it was on Instagram that I did that. Like, uh, I had a private account, and I only let Mm -hmm. people, like, who I knew follow me, and I posted, like, really personal pictures. But then when I started, like, wanting to share my my sketchbooks, I was like, I'm going to make this uh, public. And then I went in there and I got rid of like all of like th- these family photos mm-hmm. I had posted and like those things that I were like, this is not Instagramable. Take it off. And it's just in a way, I curated my Instagram to like make it so what I want people to see and I, I feel like I keep, like anything I post I'm like okay this is what I want people to see and this is what I'm gonna post and yeah when uh now you get those yep. memories on Facebook from like 10 years ago when you're like posting something dumb like I want hot cheetos and
1: what an awful mechanic that is that's yeah. one of the reasons why I started thinking about I was like I hate this I hate that I have this recorded history that is not me currently mm mm-hmm. Yeah, that stresses me out a lot.
0: <laughs> and and it's so interesting because, like, you're taking a different position than what I hear other people taking because, like, I have a friend who I went on his Facebook and I went to his first picture and I was like, wow, you were a grungy teenager. You dyed your hair blonde. Like, why don't you delete this picture? And he's like, that's who I was at that time. It has a date. That is who I was. That person no longer exists. And, yeah. like, looking back at it, it's like, you know, you're looking at a picture of, like, I don't know. He takes a different stance. It's like, I like that picture. I am. It is cringeworthy, but that, that is who I am, and that or that is yeah. who I was. And
1: and I and I also don't see anything wrong with that. Yeah. Um. But personally, for me, a lot of my stress does come from what others think of me, mm-hmm. or I guess what that the perception that I have about myself doesn't match up with what others think of me, and that causes that keeps me up at night. But also not to the point where it's like, do anything about it in real life. Mm -hmm. I know that what I can control about what people think about me on the internet is very powerful right now. And going forward, currently in the world that we live in, a lot of us only exist in others' minds online. I've never met an Instagram model but i know that they're real because i can see them online. Yeah. And and all these celebrities that only exist online, they are only real to me because they are online. For example, have you heard of Little Michaela?
0: No, i haven't.
1: Little Michaela is an influencer online. Is she's very active, like she's an activist, she she hangs out with a lot of the TikTok stars mm-hmm. and um she's kind of like the perfect influencer. Um, she's also not real, and she's an AI bot. What? Yes. So really? little Michaela, it's not spelled Michaela like you think. It's like Ayla or something mm-hmm. with the Q. Um, maybe that is how you spell it. I'm bad at spelling. <laughs> Language is not something I command. Um, she is not real at all, but she is also very real. You know, she's not yes. physical. She's not someone that we can meet or or have a meaningful interaction with. We can't hug her. We can't shake her hand. We can't look her in the eye. But she is very real and she, is, uh, she has opinions and she supports Black Lives Matter, which is incredible, great, that, that you're using your platform to promote these things, but also... You, she is just a composite of everything that we post online, and that's mm-hmm. only created because we are conditioned to continuously, like, so all of that is feeding into the this algorithm that she's yeah. based on. And so yeah. she is very trendy. She has the e-girl aesthetic right now, and this can all change later on as, as she evolves and becomes more and more a real personality.
0: Oh my goodness. You're bringing all of my existential like crises that like I have, but as I'm trying to sleep, it's like, that... I'm going to
1: get this to a good place though. I have, I have a, a line okay. that I want to go through. Yeah.
0: Because like, I, I don't know if you've heard of this book called, um, Sapiens. I forgot the name of the guy who wrote it, but it's, he talks about like where humans came from and like, has like this, the history of humans basically and how they evolved. Yep. And then his sequel is called Homos, Homo Deus. And it talks about where he thinks humanity will head to and where humans are headed to. And one of his biggest arguments that in the future, humans are no longer going to exist like how we exist now. You know, obviously we will evolve, yeah. but like, how will we evolve? And like his theories will become androids or like cyborgs. So we will become androids. And then AI will like start to mesh with like, our consciousness and like at what point do we stop becoming human at what point do we become robots and you're bringing mm-hmm. up this like all of these like qualms and like things that i think about yeah. all the time <laughs> so yeah
1: like- these are like the ethics of like uh, the internet and stuff mm-hmm. and it's something that people are cu- currently a very big conversation about uh, artificial intelligence is that uh, in in a very blank slate the people the men Mm -hmm. who are in charge of creating this these white men that are in charge of this creating and building these things it is not looking too good for us people of color and that's why I'm very afraid of it because um, very recently Google fired Timnit Guber um, a, a woman of color who is one of the people in charge of their ethics research for their AI. Oh. And she brought up some very interesting questions about how our phones are better at recognizing white people than they are people of color. Yeah. And how the first instances we see of AI are usually white mm-hmm. or usually more European looking or or uh, more typical to the Hollywood, like kind of standard of, of beauty and aesthetic And that's very concerning. Whenever I think of AI, I think of like Siri or the Google Assistant and they don't have races.
0: Yeah, they (laughs) just have a voice accent.
1: (laughs) They're just the voice, but then there's someone that's actively putting this image on there. And so (laughs) that's kind of scary that, that even in the digital world, uh, we may not be safe.
0: That's very, very much real. And it's it's so interesting because it's like, it could very much be unreal.
1: And and what are we going to do when these AI robots also start profiling us? Like, <laughs> it's, sorry, officer, you couldn't tell me apart, like fix your AI. Like what, like this advanced technology is, is only advanced, like, as far as it benefits you. And
2: mm-hmm.
1: a lot of times it's not benefiting us. <laughs> you know, like where, where are these like supercomputers and, and the inner city schools and um, all this technology that is making education more easier. It, I mean, oftentimes these schools don't even have up to date textbooks. Exactly. And stuff, so yeah, it it is it is widening very quickly, and and uh, it's just unfortunate.
0: And that's like the new thing about like you know, the internet is that it's so new. Like if you think about anything, like you know, back in the day. There was a bunch of drugs that were legal and that they had no like research on. It's like, I feel like yeah. that's what the internet is at. It's like very new that we just don't know the consequences of its full power yet. And yeah, we're just allowing the creators to roam freely, basically. I know Mark Zuckerberg is creating a monopoly of social media and like how to like yes. what rules can be in place and what policies can be in place in order to like keep that from happening. But obviously, it's not like people are very much aware about it and like people will obviously feed into it. Like, I mean, anyone who has a phone is feeding into this
1: monopoly that. And it's everything. It's everything that's both good and bad of the Mm -hmm. internet. And the AI, I mean, we expect it to kind of make its own decisions, but the decisions are really being made by someone that's a human.
2: That creates it. And
1: it's, yeah. And it's, their opinion ultimately that goes into it, so
2: mm-hmm.
1: I mean, we don't even know who's in charge of these. These are faceless, nameless figures yeah. and 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 you know company leaders and stuff like that, and who knows if Mark Zuckerberg has any idea about what's going on with it? like he's at the end of the day just like their c e o there could be people with other intentions working within the mm-hmm. company and and We don't know anything about their intentions there or what you know what the ultimate goal for all of this is what is the goal for all of this like Like, to to one day live in a simulation and and use up all the earth's resources and whatever
0: yeah i think the the goal is to like be able to upload our minds into a cloud and no longer exist physically
1: (laughs) yeah and then I, i think about it and i'm like well when the aliens come which they will Um, And they're like, you guys use all of your resources for this? Like everything. You guys burned all the trees down, killed all the animals. Uh, uh, You guys ruined their water supply. There is no ozone left. Um, Everything that completely depends on your existence running is now a computer. But I hope that they will give mercy on us because they will see that a little bit of the world's resources were spent very well on artists. And that we used what we had, like our, you know, out of all of these things that, that existed in the world, we took the small percentage and put paint on canvas.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And and those, la- those have lasted thousands of years, right? Cave paintings, and they'll see, that we did have sensitivity at our core and we did have complex interests besides material things you know
0: yeah
1: i think i think uh that's i think artists will will save us you know
0: i hope so There are last from the hope. alien <laughs>
1: overlords. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure you want to see uh, how i'm using my share of the earth's resources
0: yes please and
1: talk a little about what i'm what i've been spending my resources on um i recently got uh, new paints, like new paints, uh, watercolor paints, obviously, because mm-hmm. that's what I do. And i just exploring the new green colors. So this is kind of, it's kind of big, so I'll have to stand back okay. a bit
0: Ooh. if you can see it.
1: Yeah. So it is it is an exploration that I've done before on the leaf patterns.
0: And And just um, for like people who are listening, could you describe it?
1: Yes, of course. So this okay. is a abstracted piece based on the color green. On first sight, the image appears very dark with uh, shapes that are brighter in tones of green uh, with hues of orange and yellow. It is a large rectangular piece. On closer look, it is leaves, these abstract shapes, and they layer down into the darkness and the leaves closer to the surface have a detail. Uh, A lot of this one has been working with just, like, a darker color palette, Mm -hmm. um, a lot more blue and the green, and I wanted to work in this kind of, like, spiral pattern, which is something new that I've never done, Uh, so there's kind of, like, a slight curl. It's not, like, perfect. I, I do want to... This is really just, like, a proof of concept, and I want to keep, like, perfecting this, so even if it takes a long time, practice is, like, you can... You can spend years on a painting and it's not like really a painting in your series. It's just a a practice or a proof that you have a skill that is, you know, that you've been working on. This is one I've been working on. And another thing I've been doing uh, is exploring like text and letters. Mm -hmm. So I've kind of been working uh, mostly in Photoshop, but the ultimate goal is to make these into paintings. The series, um, just about the phrase, this says, the infinite youth. Mm-hmm. And it is about basically is about social media and how we, if we post pictures of of young people they will forever kind of exist on the internet as youth.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and it is something that uh, I think uh, I was watching a podcast about this artist that was like you know like the, these people haven't made like they can just blow they can take a ton of pictures of themselves all at once like do a photo shoot like a month like every single month they do and hoard these j- amounts of images they will never age because they have this catalog of images that they can just use from
2: mm-hmm. and
1: so on the internet they will forever be young even though their their physical body ages okay. So you can kind of preserve your youth online uh if, if you just- have an infinite amount of that youth to share
0: yeah, and you could just like Photoshop it into different like scenes, too. Yeah,
1: Photoshop different scenes. It's the deep fake technology is becoming even more worrisome for <laughs> even lack more of deeper word. and faker, <laughs> deeper and faker, and and realer and and yep. it, it, it yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah deep fake being real crazy? <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, yeah, I have it, like
0: this app where like I put my face on like different memes and different gifs and it's just hilarious yeah. but it looks
1: like, funny? some of them look isn't it funny like, how isn't it funny how like snapchat kind of like help us normalize that mm-hmm. they were like yeah swap your face with your friend haha
0: yeah yeah and there's that was, one like, where the first like
1: step to them creating deep <laughs> fake technology
0: yep. i put my face on cleopatra and it looks like almost seamless
1: <laughs> yeah and that was oh, just that's like so from funny. an app <laughs> yeah right and oh god yeah in the hands of consumers,
2: yep.
1: In the hands of consumers, it becomes art anyway. <laughs> <laughs> In the hands of these advertising companies, it becomes advertising and marketing. And I have been working on digital art, but uh, that's hard. Kind of hard to show. You guys should check my Instagram out. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Art and Messino Muppet. Um, just uh, at, at digital pieces, kind of uh, uh, and trying to move away from my old style which was these very I think I have some examples here actually of my old like Instagram art or what would be my digital art very like shape and and block heavy and and the colors are solid and undimensional are and you... I want to move into textures
0: okay like, I was gonna ask are you trying to move away from that or are you trying to
1: evolve yeah. that I'm, I'm trying I don't know maybe it has evolved I think you're mm. right yeah because I, I I mean that that. The style of those illustrations is the style that my hand draws in, and I think it all it will continue to draw in. I want to just explore the like uh, contrast of textures and and um, how to invoke like sensory response from an image. Like how can I make someone almost feel this image like with their hands? How to make it so almost recognizable that that if they did touch something in the digital world it would feel just as the, the normal world or, or real life, whatever this means. I, I think uh, the easy switch was like the uncanny valley kind of effect of video games where it's like, it makes us uncomfortable because it's so close to being true and perfect to how mm-hmm. we perceive it. But also I don't think that we, sh- that is a, a, a thing that we should strive for because we actively strive to escape from the real world. And so maybe the internet should move towards like abstracting that and making it uh, a different from the real world instead of mirroring the real world because the real world is burning, uh, and that's yes. and that's not what we want. In the you know same problems, if we apply the exact same physics online that we do in real life, God will be in this. Same position we are in now. Maybe um,
0: that's like the cycle that we're in. Maybe we just keep creating simulations to like uh that, that oh will ultimately God. mimic our reality and that's Can why we imagine? are in a simulation right now.
1: <laughs> hey, maybe if we're in a simulation right now, it's not a very good one. Someone should really look into it. Well
0: that's what I mean. It's like the one who created it created it based off of their real world and it eventually it became loaded with the real world problems.
1: That is a good, yeah. That's a good sure. thought. That's a good. The, um, the
0: chances of us being in a simulation are like far greater than this being real.
1: It's it's easier and easier to to feel that too. I think the more mm-hmm. we're that we spend online and stuff, so I'm trying to spend less time online, so I I can't justify it. You know, yeah. I don't want to like. I'm not trying to at all justify like everyone should live their life online. And and by the way, if if once it comes time to going into the simulation. At this moment I don't think I'd go in. I think it's so boring. There's no consequences. <laughs> How drab. Cuz at least I know in this real life my consequences or my actions have consequences or the other way around my consequences also have actions. Uh, <laughs> I just think uh g- going online would like rob us of that experience and also like cheapen art in many ways.
0: Again, bringing it back to, like, how can we create technological art, like, using the technology as art? And that also makes me think of, like, especially when, like, everything went into quarantine, like, how there's, like, or even before that, how we have this nostalgia of, like, how our childhood used to be. And we're like, kids now will never know. And we realize, oh, there will never know true happiness. Like, the happiness that we had is way better than the happiness they have. But at the same time, it's like, we will never know the happiness they have because they don't have that nostalgia and nostalgia causes like sadness. And
1: yeah, I, I was thinking a lot about like internet friends and stuff. And I, I, I think that's I uh, I don't know, like if you have internet friends, just like we're talking about how like real it feels like it, it really mm-hmm. does feel like when I was growing up, like the interactions I had online and like in-person were seamless, like they would bleed into each other mm-hmm. almost to a, like a concerning level. And and I mean, there are kids right now that don't have the distinction because we say like my real life and my internet life, I'm pretty sure to a lot of people growing up that have had like a smartphone or have been being documented since they were babies, they don't have that distinction.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and that's that's just interesting. <laughs>
0: I mean, a lot of people say, "Oh, that's terrifying and that's scary," but at the same time, it's like you don't know. You only say that because you know what it's like to not have it and yes. not knowing the absence. They might not feel the same way. They might. It, it just like makes me like think of like you know how grandpas are always like, "Back in my day, we were real kids and we had real fun." And I'm like, you can't say that. You can't disvalidate the feelings of like the new generation. Because you just don't live in that generation. Yeah. You don't and and there.
1: like, well, you've basically robbed us of those experiences. Mm-hmm. And and we did the same for the next generation. We have in many ways perpetuated the system that robs them of those those experiences. So like we not us, me and you specifically, but a lot of people like that. Don't wear a mask and refuse to do this. You can't be like, "Oh, back in my day, like we were we were doing this and this, like now, like your kids can't do that, and it's kind of your fault,
2: yeah, because
1: like you're like you you know I don't know if that makes any sense. I'm thinking about it a little bit more, but I'm going to write this down and send it to you later and be like, this is what I meant to say
0: <laughs> and, and that's the thing it's like the generation will forever be like you know changing and stuff, and it's just it it kind of bothers me when people say like the kids today aren't real kids, and like you you're not like they don't have the they don't have it like we had it and I'm like stop like kids are very much yeah, they, real they, and <laughs> real kids they can't have
1: those experiences yeah. Yeah, like how do you expect them to have the when you put you put the cell phone in the kid's hand
2: yeah like
1: when when I go to like I used to work at Meyer, the grocery store you can mm-hmm. bleep that name out if we get sued <laughs> I used to work there and it's like I would see these like kids like or these regular customers come through and I worked there for a number of years. So when I would first meet the customer and their child, the kid would already have the cell phone in their hand and they'd be operating it like a pro, like swiping Mm -hmm. up to exit an app and closing an app and opening a video and putting in the search terms and voice typing and stuff. And then as they grow up older and older, I, I like you. You can't tell your kid, like, you should go outside and play more when all they grew up knowing how to play with is their phone. Like, that's the only meaningful play that they've ever experienced.
0: Mm-hmm. Why would you think that yeah. they're going to
1: get anything from being with another person in real life?
0: And I just feel like it, it doesn't make it any less real. It doesn't make it any less yes. meaningful, right?
1: Yeah. Because it, it it just has meaning because you're doing it like as a human experience it's just meaningful because it happened it's just interesting
0: (laughs) it it is very interesting and I have a lot of thoughts about it but especially uh, there's such a like a a huge age gap between me and my younger siblings like my youngest ones uh they're 11 and so they are very much stereotypical gen z's and like me being like in my late 20s I'm like like, I told something to my little sister the other day about Titanic, and I was like, you've never seen Titanic. And she's like, well, I saw the memes, so I basically saw the movie. I'm like, no.
1: Oh, my God. That's so funny.
0: Because, like, it, she understands all of the references. She understands yeah. all of the jokes and all of the inside jokes about the, Titanic, but she's never seen yeah. it. She's just...
1: Well, like the parts that are most talked about. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so funny, because that's how I consume popular media. I yeah. only watch reviews of other people talking, like The Joker. I never saw mm-hmm. The Joker, but I can tell you everything that's wrong about The Joker, all right? the things <laughs> it didn't do correctly because of internet criticism. And I learned about like that movie through the lens of someone else, and that is more meaningful than if I went to the movie and saw it myself. Mm-hmm. And there are other things that I, I won't listen to other people's opinion on. But going back to MIA, I don't care about what other people think of MIA. That's something that I experience for myself and it's meaningful because I'm experiencing it. But things like the, the Titanic, that I don't know, for a lot of people, I don't think it was like a huge, meaningful milestone in their lives. We can just enjoy it as mm-hmm. like, in a proxy, like a proxy way of enjoying it, right?
0: Yeah. And it's funny we that you say we can others. enjoy the Titanic when it was like a such a devastating like event in history. When
1: Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, exactly. That's another yeah. thing. The media and also the historical event. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so funny. You know, uh, there are, like, internet historians right now, like, actively, like, people recording history of the internet. Yeah, and, like, there's internet, like, as, like, an actual would-be scholarly. Scholarly, yeah. Scholarly people, yeah, uh, who are, like, actively recording the internet and archiving media for the purpose of, like, being able to look back and be like this was basically our internet war 2020 was the internet war and we're going to look back on it just like we did all of the other great wars and then in the future we'll be able to separate like this was the party that was fighting for this and this was the party that was fighting against them or and and then just be able to learn from that like like
0: the real life consequences that it has on the actual physical world
1: yeah yeah And, and decisions that like it forces us to make in the future just Mm -hmm. like in 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 real life (laughs) haha it's
0: it's interesting how things are starting to bleed like like you said you can't distinguish the friendships your online friendships with versus your real life friendships and in a way pretty soon we're gonna not be able to distinguish online life versus real life in general i mean already
1: we're non-human internet personalities that feel very real to us Mm -hmm. from people that are in their actual lives like will we consider giving them rights or or accesses to rights and resources just like we have Mm -hmm. like what if this influencer buys an actual gucci bag right like this internet influencer doesn't exist is it really theirs
0: yeah like who does it belong to
1: yeah. Belongs to all of us, I guess, because mm-hmm. we all made them. We we made these internet per- we made the possible. Uh, it,
0: yeah, it's very like bizarre to think about. Like, and and I really like how you say that you're trying to create this like alter ego persona on the internet. It's which will be a very real person because it, it will
1: be a life's work. So yeah,
0: yeah, but, I mean, <laughs> yeah.
1: So it'll take my entire life to make that happen.
0: But at the same time, anything that you put on the internet is, like, in a way is curated to each person's specific persona, Mm -hmm. in a
1: way. And it's only going to work. Like, this project is only going to work if I can convince enough people to, like, uh, I guess, humor me, you Mm -hmm. know? Allow that, like, just how we consume any other media, just like we watch a movie and we're, like, in the moment, we feel it's very real and we sympathize with these characters. Uh, Allow me the like small amount of dignity to suspend your disbelief for for this thing I'm doing and that's the only way it's going to work if people like truly believe allow themselves to to believe that this is a real person Mm -hmm. um and that's what we're just being conditioned for
0: in the future have you seen the the holographic concerts that people are like i think yeah, just, yeah yeah i
1: saw those uh i think the the first one that happened was like *Lollapalooza*, and they had like a hologram of tupac and everyone was like that's really? kind of weird
2: yeah
1: it's a dead boy dead yeah. guy like maybe it's not appropriate to like he didn't really give his consent to uh, having you puppeteer his likeness for but at the same
0: time at what point like the, and that crosses like lots of barriers of ethics right like at what point does his persona become that entertainer and at what point does his persona maintain its personal like
1: yeah I think definitely yeah that's that's very it's a difficult question because as much Mm -hmm. as I would love to I don't know I'm trying to think of a celebrity that has has passed like um I'm a huge fan of of Joan Rivers Mm -hmm. and I would have loved to see a stand-up show of hers live and Or to meet her or to keep watching her, like, I don't know, just her life and and all the projects she's done. But it would be very weird for that, I don't know, just the culmination of all those memories to just keep living on Mm -hmm. and to create that like that's not that's not really her. Yeah.
0: Have you seen Black Mirror?
1: No, no, No. I actively try not to watch that. I think that that's one of those things where it's like I know it's meant to confirm to me my own like yeah. things about like what I'm scared of the internet.
0: There's this episode and Miley Cyrus is in it. Is that her name? Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Miley Cyrus. Yeah. She is. Um, <laughs> I forgot like if her name was Hannah Montana or Miley Cyrus. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of alternate personas.
1: <laughs> my, um, Hannah Montana is still alive and well. She's very real.
0: Yeah. But, um, in that episode, she is like, um, spoiler alert for anyone, uh, she's a like a pop star, and she goes basically brain dead, and so they take all of her like past like media, and they produce like new music with it. A vegetable, I think that's what happened. But yeah, they and I think the same thing is like happening. I think I, I want to say with Prince, where like they're creating no music off of his like past music albums and I'm like yeah
1: that that also I think happened to um the the young rapper that also passed uh I think XX as where they basically had a a little a few of his like leftover pieces and they just like stitched together like an album from it yeah and and every all the critics uh, online music critics like that's ghoulish like that's just inappropriate right now it
0: is it feels very I want to say zombie-like
1: yeah, it's it very... is. like, internet ghost. Yeah. And it's great 'cause because it's
0: like, at the end of the day, like, everything is just back to like, ones and zeros, and like, what makes it ethical, and what makes it non It's,
1: I hope I hope there are people in the process of completing their like master's degrees in internet ethics that that'd be great for humanity
0: yes going please, forward you know please save us <laughs> along please. with all the other the, the artists <laughs> of the world yeah
1: if anyone needed confirmation yeah like to keep their degree going yeah just finish your degree to save us artists and internet ethicists. yes <laughs> that'll be the word for it yeah <laughs> Um, do you have a favorite internet ghost story, like, or a, a thing online that is like haunting?
0: Internet yeah,
1: ghost story. Um... You want me to define what internet ghost story is first? Yes. Because that, that is a very um, term that I think I made up as headcanon, and I expect others to understand what it means, even though it makes no sense. <laughs>
2: um,
1: so, an internet ghost story, and the words that I describe it as would be like, an event that happened online or a meme that was created online, re- this whole thing exists online that became public consciousness, just like a ghost story that you would tell in the camp. Like, oh, did you hear about this this file or whatever? And if you download it, it breaks your computer. That's an internet ghost story.
0: I don't think I have something like that. I, yeah. I have I was- this
1: really interesting story from when I was a kid. I used to, you know, the YWC in Elgin, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Right across the street from Set Street. I used to go to a program there called Teen Reach, and we'd have a computer lab where we were able to explore the wild, wild west of the internet, which was a fun time for us because there was this program, and I can't remember the name of this program. Uh, It's a website online, and I think it was one of the first instances of, like, AI or machine learning that I ever experienced. This was back in, God, 2011. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was this um, kind of like a chat bot where you can oh, like type to it. I know what
0: you're. I know what you're talking about. It's like
1: you think okay, of okay.
0: a you think of a person and you answer yes or no questions and it tells you what person you're thinking of.
1: Even spookier.
0: Oh my gosh! What?
1: Because because I wasn't the one on the computer, so my two of two of my acquaintances from that um were were showing me this they were like across from me I was drawing in my sketchbook because I was a nerd mm-hmm. and <laughs> um they were on the computer and they were saying out loud what they were asking mm-hmm. they were like hi like uh what's your name and I think the 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 consistent name was like something with the d like Devin or Devon or something like that mm-hmm. and they were like hi my name is this where are you where are you and then he would ask like where are you and, like, I'm not telling. And then uh, they, they kept having the conversation. And then I overheard them say, read the question that the system asked. Like, who is Adrian? What? And I, like, look up. And we hadn't said my name at all. Or, or and I read the message. They had not mentioned my name at all. And there was no microphones on these computers because we were all children. And, and they weren't going to let us, you know, record ourselves or anything. Mm-hmm. Um. And the, somehow the computer like knew my name, and I was like, "What? I was like, this is weird." Like, and and then we started like actually feeling the consequences. Like, this is weird. This is privacy like intrusive, and and we shouldn't be on this website. Mm-hmm. And we like closed it, and and we were like, "No, like, why is that a website? What is the purpose of this website to scare us?" And I made this like short comic. Um, very very it's like a one-page comic um about this girl falling in love uh with one of these internet chat demons and um how real it feels sometimes that that stress that I felt felt in that moment I felt that my privacy was intruded on I felt that my identity was compromised or that that someone was watching me physically that can feel very real for some people Mm -hmm. you know like go just going back into it and like what if someone falls in love with these internet personalities like in the movie her, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. What do we do when we're we're not at the point yet of technology where we can go into a computer and physically interact with them or them coming out to physically interact with us? There must be this intense desperation where we just, you know, feel so heartbroken, you know, where we, we can't be with the person we love.
0: But, like, think about it. Like, think of all, like, the internet friendships you have. Like, the internet friends you have. Some of them are across the world. You couldn't easily, like, have physical contact with them. And yet, that relationship is, like, super real and true.
1: But the, sp- the space, I guess, in-, in between, like, a real person that exists physically is that the space is finite. Like, we can <laughs> technically travel at some point. Not now, clearly. But yeah, within internet demon we could technically never yeah. actually physically interact them, and so I think that infinite space of the infinite space that exists right now between like a real person and an internet AI is too great to where that would cause someone like so much distress really? uh, so yeah, I, I think so, in my opinion, yeah, that's why I wrote that little story. I was like, imagine like you just yeah. like there is absolutely no way to do it and it's about this dark internet ritual where she basically tries to summon him by feeding oh. it other people like, and, and trying to make this physical body. And I made a cover art for Sunday Cruise, Winner of Battle of the Bands, mm-hmm. 2017 or 2018, of, kind of about that the theory of like just falling in love with the, the internet demon.
0: Because, I mean, I'm thinking now, too, is like, what if you do have an internet friend and you realize after so many years of friendship that they're actually a bot?
1: I would, I would feel betrayed.
0: Yeah, or, like, yeah. But then I'm thinking, like, okay, what if I was a bot and I wanted to be friends with this person, but I knew that they wouldn't have the same friendship if they knew I was a bot. Like,
1: oh, that is sad. Oh, that's so yeah. sad. Yeah, I feel bad for them. But maybe that's maybe they want us to feel sad for them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's all a clever ruse. Again, I don't even know what the the purpose. I think um, in the time that we exist, I don't really know if it's my responsibility to come up with like what it all means i just think i should make observations about it and mm-hmm. then someone else in the future can kind of like yep. compile this and, and make meaning from it but
0: yeah ask all the right questions my, without getting yeah. any answers
1: <laughs> yeah part of that project i guess is really just pushing like what the limit is of, of what people will believe online and, and then someone can draw their conclusions from that
0: i think that's very interesting
1: uh I guess the last thing I want to talk about I, I have Free-handed. like a list of topics that I wrote up earlier and I was like okay like I don't know if all of these will fly very well what was it we what was your list a lot of them. oh my god no I I don't think I want to say this one it's oh you can cut it out if you if you think it's too like inappropriate or racy. um <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this out loud I'm thinking of writing a book for why God isn't real And then when people ask for proof of what's in the book, I just refer them to the book.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, that's that's a very interesting topic. I was just talking about that with someone earlier. Like, it it just feels that like I'm never going to like tell anyone that you know your religion is fake, but also it was (laughs) man-made, right?
1: It is the the world's best marketing scheme, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: in my opinion. Like fear
0: mongering and. And but, Street
1: does not hold these opinions of the commentators in the video. We are just Right, yeah,
0: But at the same time, these are, like, very interesting topics. And there's a lot of artwork about religion, right? Mm-hmm. And what it means to make the anti-religious artwork in a way. Yeah, no, I, I, I feel like religion is very important to people. And, but I feel like, personally, I feel like it's more spiritual. If you mm-hmm. have, like, a good spirit, then, like, Yeah, sure. Religion is fine. But if you use your religion to oppress people, that's it's kind of not cool, bro. Yeah,
1: I think of it in the I I wrote this paper this semester for school Mm -hmm. um, just about the colonization of Mexico and how um, the Catholic Church actively profited off off of uh, oppressing Mm -hmm. uh, the Native Latino Americans and how they still do in many ways in the States profit off of uh, minorities and and all these other groups that are being oppressed, um, and I just think that's interesting. I, I think uh, the religious art is very beautiful, and I, I've always loved appreciated about Catholicism, which I was raised Catholic. Um, and you can see it in my artwork. I have lots of of religious iconography, and I love just exploring the idea of like these spiritual symbols in the context of uh, just things that are very tragic or or exploring death through the concepts of of religion. But I I don't know. I, I just think there's like so much that people are afraid to talk about of religion purely for the context of not wanting to offend people, but also we're really punching up if you think mm. about it. Like yeah. yeah, like they're they're very high up there in the social status. Like, why not knock them down a peg? You know, they'll <laughs> they'll be fine. They can rest easy in the fact that I'll burn in hell i guess you know
0: yeah (laughs) yes there's something very specific like specifically unique and i guess i can only speak from experience about growing up as mexican catholic like i feel like our catholicism and our traditions are very entwined into what you don't really know what's catholic religious and what's mexican culture and uh, personally i really love that part like I wouldn't consider myself a Catholic now, but, like, I still burn my candles sometimes. Yeah. And I still have, like, very, like, I'm close to, like, my traditions. This Me too, yeah. Week, it was um, Dia de los Reyes, and I got a rosca, which is, like, comes from, like, a very religious ceremony. Personally, it's just very, like, as a tradition, I really enjoy it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and I think as an artist, like, you, you have a, a deeper appreciation than most people would when they're it's just based on like what you should and shouldn't do like we do it because i mean i like it i think it mm-hmm. looks i i, I love like, like the ideas of like all these uh, religious ceremonies because i think a lot of the times they're aesthetically beautiful mm-hmm. they just look nice and and there's a, a a system in place and and the traditions follow rules and i like rules in, in terms of like when i can participate in them um <laughs> But I, I don't believe in just following it to follow it. I think that's very dumb. Like you should, ha- you should, you know. I'm getting something out of it. I get to make artwork based on it, mm. and I think that's the ultimate goal of this in my life. I don't really think it enriches me in any meaningful way. I don't think uh, religion has really played a, a crucial role in my life. I think, in fact, it the complete opposite. <laughs> I think it's 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 probably like been the least significant part of growing up. But I, I still appreciate it so much. It's I really it's funny
0: how or very interesting that you say it's like the least significant, but like it's influenced your art so much in a yeah. way.
1: And Yeah, it, I, I think uh the so the visual aspect of it I can totally mm-hmm. admit it's super significant, but mm-hmm. the actual like I don't know, the benefits of it being uh I don't know. Never mind. You're <laughs> right. No, you're right. I don't have anywhere else to go intelligent not yet at least but one day I'll figure that argument out. Very
0: and it's also like very interesting if you want to tie this into like the history of art how like most of the art in galleries is very like not in galleries but like in museums is very um religious like all the renaissance mm-hmm. paintings have been because that's where the money was at that's where the influence was at that's where regarded
1: yeah so highly yeah,
0: e- Exactly. That and was a lot
1: yeah, that I think that was the last time where, like, artists, like, the Renaissance, were like, artists play such a, a significant role in recording history.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And ever since then, we've been slowly and slowly moving away from that.
0: Because, and I think in a way, it's just very controlling. Like, I think of, like, Michelangelo, who had to paint the Sistine Chapel, even though he didn't want to, but, like, he was going to get, like, in trouble with the Pope if he didn't. So yeah.
1: It's like right. when when they asked you to do something, it was like you were being really told or you just faced like the persecution of it, which mm-hmm. is like death or burning alive, whatever. Then you have a justice system then.
0: Right. And it I don't know, I think that like because we don't have because like artists and, you know, the art culture has like fallen off of that trend in a way so far away from it, we don't we no longer have like that power to back us up we don't have those commissions that or i mean i can't Mm -hmm. speak for myself but like or i can't speak for others but i can speak for like a lot of you know people like to argue that there's like no money in art like why are you going to art school like I'm, i'm pretty sure that if we were commissioned by like the government to make like these huge government art stuff people wouldn't be arguing the other way
2: yeah
1: No, that's very true. It's like until you're legitimized by money, it's like not a practical thing. But it's like everything that we consume, everything that we see, everything that exists in the world right now, usually comes from the core of like, there is an artist who designed it. Mm -hmm. And the, the implications of that are like, if you don't go to art school, or you don't go into a field that is creative, there is nothing technically the internet doesn't have a, a form yet or or one guided like image of itself and it's going to be up to someone to create that image and if you're not creative and you're not uh someone that knows how to use the technology to make art then you probably won't like have any say of what happens on the internet either mm-hmm. like I think artists have so much power right now in that Uh, especially graphic design and and illustration and, and, you know, website design, as much art as that can be, like that's going to be very powerful one day. Like they are going to have the keys to like designing the internet visually and, you know, or it'll be AI and, you know, we'll be out of jobs.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And I have this friend who likes to argue with me saying that, you know, we don't need artists anymore because AI can do it all. I'm like, well, who are the people who program it? Right. Yeah. And where does well, a- AI yeah. draw these like images from? Right. Like, have you seen those Google paintings where it's like composes like a painting out of like Google images and it's just like a yeah. bunch of like it looks really like trippy. It's like, where did the Internet grab those pictures from? Like, yeah. Who do you even think? Even, like, yeah.
1: That's so interesting. Yeah. Even taking a picture
0: I, of your dog is in some way like creative it, and aesthetic.
1: We we me and my friends played this on Zoom at the beginning of like the pandemic where where you um, play against an AI robot you like draw a picture and it it has like a certain amount of guesses to guess what you're drawing mm-hmm. and if it if it doesn't get wrong the computer loses it's inconsequential like, there's no points it's just something that happens continuously and I was like oh this is I shouldn't be playing this because it's actively learning from my good drawings.
2: It's like it's
1: it's becoming. It's able to recognize like what I'm drawing. I'm like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't play this game anymore. Not a fun game to play. (laughs) What did I say? I said, oh, I'm training my replacement. (gasps) No. (laughs) Everyone thought that was so dark, and I'm like, that's not dark. That's the reality. like Reality isn't like dark or light. It just, it's just interesting.
0: But yeah, so this book that you're wanting to write what is what is gonna where the content's gonna be
1: um it's good question so I haven't thought of it out I just know that the basic concept it's gonna be self-referential mm-hmm. so it'll be like one of those manuals where it's like oh like refer to step one for step two mm-hmm. it's like uh like like step three is also like step 54 so like once you're at step 54 like look at step three and so it's going to be a very referential set of lists uh rules to why god isn't real and so when someone asks you point them to a section of the book which points to another section of the book which is a metaphor for another section of the book and it's this repeating cycle of like oh oh right that's right all of these are like allegories or or like uh anecdotes and they hold no real world significance and, and um, besides what, that they happened yeah. yeah
0: and that's what the bible is really it's just like a lot of like analogies and
1: like, yeah yeah it, it literally is just like stories and people you know as humans we just create like the deeper meaning because we need it yeah
0: yeah, yeah. meaning because, so. because it's there to grab meaning from I feel like no matter how, like, like metaphor, me- metaphorical, is that a word? No matter how metaphorical, I'm making it a word, if something can be, it's like um, there can be truth in it and you can find the meaning and you can find your peace and you can find your spirituality in that analogy or metaphor that is not real. Yeah.
1: Um, there's this great joke by... Um... I'm trying to think of what the community maria banford Mm -hmm. um who's like she does this impression of her mom who's very religious and and the mom basically says like whatever you think about all the time that is your religion and she's like oh uh then it's like celebrities celebrities are my religion because that's all i think about yeah i was like that's so interesting yeah um yeah that's real (laughs) that's very real yeah these allegories that happen are these uh, uh annexes happen online really i mean going off of like what stan culture is like you would think that some of these celebrities have done so much for society and they are regarded in quotes as well we quote them just like we would the bible Mm -hmm. twitter 314 shane dawson said this and this it's a metaphor for the disparaging of the middle class and it's like that's not what he meant at all that's not what the celebrity meant but you can definitely take it there that's gonna just how the bible works oh sorry
0: sorry not sorry i mean
1: sorry not sorry
0: i just feel like if you're gonna be like a a super religious person my my hope is that you can be open enough to understand that there are other people that think differently and just because they Mm. think differently doesn't mean that it's wrong that's what the bible is the
1: The bible is wrong (laughs)
0: The Bible is it's wrong. so
1: funny. Yeah. The Bible is wrong, but the Bible—I mean—it has some good parts in there. I love how people. Uh, do you also like like how I love to think about how like how often the Bible is updated,
2: mm. <laughs> and how right. it's kind of
1: like retroactively covering its own tracks, or appropriating things from other cultures to how like, like or, you know global stories to like you know,
0: an ancient to kind of ancient narrative, yeah, changing constantly
1: <laughs> like self no. it's like self-proving yeah exactly mm-hmm. and it's like every time you come up with a, a criticism or, or or actual argument for it it like can and does often disprove your theory by appropriating something else and being like well this is proof for it we, we were just didn't mm-hmm. mention it until now
0: I feel like you know especially Christianity uses a lot of like you know people say oh America you know keep Government and religion separate, but it is very much in our government, and not necessarily like the good kind, (laughs) right? Because like I felt like growing up, I went to this church that was always like, "Oh, God is merciful. God loves you for who you are. God is this." And then after I left home, I tried finding a new church, and the church I went to was like, "God will punish you. God hates everything that you do as a sinner." And I'm like, ah. So the narrative changes like very easily. Oh, I think you're frozen.
1: Just... Get back in the zone. Oh, let, how about we ended on tips, tips for up and coming artists or artists that are have trouble right now navigating yep. what the art world will become. Um, I think that thankfully there are people who are already in the art industry that are tech savvy enough to begin creating opportunities. Uh one very notable person that recently like I have connected with her name is uh, Whitney Lamora. She used to run a space in Chicago. It was very new called the Martin.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And unfortunately that space is no longer uh around, but she has continued her work as an online art show called mm-hmm. Locus, which is a combination of a um, She basically takes a a visual artist, has them submit a work anonymously with just the title and no context about the work, and has a literary artist interpret that work into a story. And it creates some very amazing, successful pairings. I participated in it back in July for Locust 3. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had uh, just a lot of fun reading about and participating in the event. And that happened online only because that was during the pandemic uh, or during all the closures. So we couldn't really even like fulfill the event, which was an in-person presentation of the work. Um, so I think as long as artists continue to innovate and and create solutions with the resources we have, the few resources that, that we can claim as our own, mm-hmm. we can still make meaningful work online. Just as real, these art shows are are so good, and I highly recommend anyone just go visit Locus. A great example of of the potential of online art shows, and online art shows aren't new, but I I think they're becoming more and more relevant, and and they will hold a very strong presence in the cultural context going forward. I I want to say that while I don't believe we should post everything about ourselves online, we should definitely keep a record of our experiences in the arts, and, and those experiences, while sometimes out of context in our present life, others may be able to use as a resource if we are willing to share those experiences, continue to have conversations about the struggles you face as an artist in any time,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: because the artists have been around since the beginning of time and we're going to be there till the very end of time. And I fully yep. am confident that at no point in history will there not be jobs for artists never feel discouraged that there won't be an opportunity because there's always something but no one is going to hand it to you like they did to michelangelo or da vinci or all these people because now everyone with the ability to have a paintbrush in their hand or, or access to material paper or even a, a digital tablet has the ability to to create really strong powerful art so it's while it's more competitive There are not less jobs, there are just more artists. Um, And it's important to keep in mind when, I guess, trying to figure out what career is best for you in the arts. I chose illustration because I like to tell stories through art, whatever medium that takes in. I even think that the experience that I want to create online as an artist is a form of storytelling, is a form of illustration. I guess that it should be analyzed in this new format, which is undefined yet but it's the perfect time to start defining what these formats are because they're unexplored yet. They don't have a language and we can create a language for it. Uh, If we have conversations about this and, and don't worry about sounding pretentious or sounding like an airhead, just say what you have to say. And someone smarter will, will will put it into context for, for me, like they've done for me, which is a, a big resource, pair up, collaborate with other artists. Don't, if you're a one-man or one-person army right now like uh, meet some people online Th- those connections are going to be very meaningful and 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 they're gonna have more weight the more people you you get to talk about it and and move these ideas forward so artists have always been discouraged uh from the very beginning and i don't think uh that's going to change but i think that this is just a new a new challenge like which i mean Clearly the internet doesn't want us to talk about these things. It's kicking our butt this entire conversation, but I don't think it's going to stop us.
0: Very well said. <laughs> I
1: hope that summed everything up that we've talked about today in case uh, some things were lost in the translations of, of uh, the limitations of my internet at home and, and uh, the equipment we have. But this was a great talk. Thank you, Eva. Yeah, thank
0: having- you. Thank you so much for joining us. I- very enlightening to know that there are other people out there who like share these same existential crises as i do
1: <laughs> everyone uh yeah find someone just to just make like a huge blog post if you have like weird intrusive crazy ideas just make a gigantic text post and post it somewhere because it's better to have it recorded than just living rent free in your head you know
0: mm-hmm. thank you so much for being here much appreciated <laughs> Thank you, thank you.
1: I hope this uh, project continues. I think, by the way, you are the perfect person to do this. These podcasts, you and the other directors. I know that you guys are all going to kind of share this. Mm-hmm. But what a great idea this is for Side Street and, and the strides that you guys have been making with the resources that you have and the world that we live in. Part of the reason why I, I am so confident about the future is because of Side Street. And because of what you guys were able to do in 2020 and what I believe you guys are going to do forever.
0: Fingers crossed. (laughs) crossed.
1: Exactly. All right. 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 Have a good
0: one. Thank you for listening. If you made it all the way through that podcast, I applaud you. Um, It was pretty long and it was an even longer conversation. What got cut out, I think I cut out like about an hour. (laughs) So there was still a lot that we just discussed and we kind of had several sidebars And talked about a million things. Adrian's just a very lovely person and a very great person to speak to. So if you ever run into him on the street, say hi or just, you know, wave. He's a nice person. If you want to see more of Adrian's work, you can find him on Instagram at Messino Muppet Art. That is M-E-S-I-N-O-M-U-P-P-E-T-A-R-T. Of course, as you have now learned, he is not on Facebook, so you can't find him there. And, of course, thank you to our listeners for uh, listening, <laughs> of course. Uh, don't forget to follow and rate and review whatever you do on whatever you, wherever you listen to podcasts and stuff. Um, that all helps us keep these going and make more episodes for you to enjoy. Uh, You can always follow us on Facebook because, unlike Adrian, we do have a Facebook. Uh, We also have an Instagram and a website and a Twitter. (laughs) Uh, sidestreetstudioarts.org So, don't forget to come back next Wednesday for a new episode. Bye! Connected is a Side Street Studio Arts production.
1: Music by Tanner Melvin. Produced by Nick Mataragas. To find out more about Connected and all the great things Side Street Studio Arts offers,
0: please visit sidestreetstudioarts.org.